Welcome back to my podcast. Today we're going to be talking about induction motor servicing tips for marine and industrial induction motors. Induction motor servicing tips for ships and factories. Induction motor servicing. Induction motors are widely used in factories and on ships. They are very reliable machines, but faults can develop over time. That is why you need an induction motor, induction motor servicing to be carried out. Potential faults include burnt out stator windings, worn bearings and water damage, which causes low insulation resistance. Safety and isolation of supply of induction motors. Safety and isolation of supply of induction motors. Correct electricity supply isolation procedures are critical for safety. Taking a casual approach to electrical supply isolation can prove fatal. Three phase induction motors typically operate in factories at around 400 volts AC, which is alternating current. Marine installations typically operate at an even higher 440 volt alternating current 440 volts AC. It is important that no one works on a piece of three phase machinery such as an induction motor unless you are qualified to do so. Onboard ship proper authorization such as a valid permit to work signed off by a ship's chief engineer, engineer should be in place before carrying out any induction motor servicing. On land, seek authorization from the responsible senior managers with appropriate responsibilities for safety. Where were we? For work to be carried out aboard ships, permission from someone such as a chief engineer is appropriate. Once permission has been granted and the appropriate paperwork issued, only then can work commence. Certainly in the marine environment, and normally onshore as well, locks and tags will be issued. The lock is to ensure that once an isolator switch has been turned off, no one can switch it back on accidentally. The tag details, which include who has isolated the supply and is working on that circuit. Only the person who has been issued with a lock and tag set can remove them. It's important to double check that the circuit is dead, which is the next bit we're coming on to. Don't assume that just because you have locked and tagged the appropriate electrical isolator that you are safe to work on a circuit. The isolator may be incorrectly labelled, or even worse, you, you have taken someone else's word for it. Before you stick your fingers in and potentially kill yourself, you need to use an appropriate device to check that the circuit is safe to work on. Induction motor servicing can be dangerous if proper procedures are not followed. There are three possible devices that can be used for testing. 1. A test bulb. 2. A multimeter, um, which includes a voltmeter or free a line tester. Firstly, let's look at a test bulb as an option. A test bulb with appropriate leads and clip clips attached can provide indication of a live circuit, but it has a flaw. 
If the bulb filament breaks, then you could falsely assume that the circuit is safe to work on with possible fatal outcomes. The second option is the multimeter, which includes a voltmeter, which these days will probably, probably be a solid state digital type rather than the older analog types, which are commonly referred to, to as AVOs in the UK. The multimeter with the voltmeter being solid state is, is more likely to be a bit more reliable than the filament bulb tester. However, it, still, it may still be broken and you would not necessarily know. An example being the test probe wires may be open circuit. In other words, there's, there's a break in the, in the wire. The third option, the line tester, will provide the most reliable indication of whether a circuit is safe. Therefore, this is the preferred option. The reason that a line tester is safer is because it contains four separate neon bulbs. Some modern ones have LEDs instead. The bulbs light up according to how high the voltage is. For example, 400 volts AC supply would light not only the 400 volts AC light, but the lower voltage indicator lights as well. So imagine that the 400 volt AC indicator bulb has broken. The lower voltage indicator bulbs still light up. For example, the 230 volts AC and the 110 volts AC indicator bulbs. Therefore, the engineer will still have an indication that there is a voltage in the circuit and can investigate further. Before using a line tester, you should use a proving unit. A proving unit is a small handheld device capable, capable of producing a voltage such as 250 volts. The line tester can thus be tested using the proving unit prior to testing a real live circuit. To test the line tester, the two probes are pushed against the proving unit which then produces a voltage. This will be indicated by an indicator LED lighting up on the proving unit itself. The neon or LED indicator lamps of the line tester should also light up at the same time to indicate the voltage being supplied. The bearings on an induction motor allow the rotor inside the stator Sorry, we'll start again. The bearings on an induction motor allow the rotor to rotate inside the stator which surrounds it. Over time, they become, become worn, which may increase noise and vibration of the motor. Bearings are not usually adjustable, so replacement is required. When refitting bearings to an induction motor, you will notice that the bearing itself has a code written on the one side of it. This code is the product identification code and it is what you need to quote in order to order the correct replacement bearing. Once the correct replacement bearing has been ordered and is ready for fitting, ensure the following. Firstly, that the bearing identification code is facing away from the stator and outwards towards the end of the motor shaft. This will help you in the future if you ever have to replace the bearings again. The reason for this is that you can just remove the end plate of the induction motor and read the bearing code easily, provided it has been fitted with a code facing outwards. If the bearing code was facing inwards, then it is harder to read the bearing code 
and might mean that the motor shaft has to be disconnected from its mechanical load. This adds to the motor downtime and hence has financial and productivity implications. Ways to remove bearings from an induction motor shaft. The ideal way to remove an old bearing from an induction motor rotor shaft is to use a bearing puller tool. Removal is then just a matter of fitting the tool, fitting the tool into position, position and winding in the screw thread in a clockwise direction. As this happens, the bearing is slowly pulled up and off the shaft. If, however, you don't have a puller, other methods such as using a metal bar to leverage between the bearing and the end of the shaft can be tried. However, this is not the way I recommend and you do it at your own risk of injury and damage to the motor shaft. Methods for fitting a new induction motor bearing. Ideally, you'll have a hydraulic bench press and you can use that you can use to put massive pressure down onto the bearing to press it onto the shaft in the correct position. When using such a press, a number of precautions should be observed. Firstly, ensure that you are fully competent to use a hydraulic press. Even fairly cheap versions are capable of exerting many tons of pressure, which can be dangerous to human health. Secondly, ensure that the tube or sleeve that you fit over the shaft to the motor is only just wide enough. The reason for this is that a wide metal tube or sleeve put over the motor shaft in order to push is put over the motor shaft in order to push against the bearing and it can damage it. This is because too wide a tube will make contact with the plastic middle of the bearing or the outer metal edge. Both of these two scenarios are bad because the pressure applied to to anywhere but the centre metal part of the bearing will cause damage. This damage can result in the in the replacement bearing being ruined, which defeats the object of replacing it. Using hydraulic using a hydraulic press is the method that I would recommend. However, this option is sometimes not available. In particular, to engineers working at sea in a marine environment such as a cargo ship. If you find yourself in this situation, then there are other ways to refit a replacement bearing to an induction motor. One method is to take advantage of the fact that metals contract and expand due to cold and heat. This method involves carefully wrapping up the stator part of the induction motor in a polythene bag and putting it in the freezer overnight. This will very slightly shrink the diameter of the bearing shaft. The second part to the operation involves gently heating up a pan of engine oil so that it is warm. Obviously, extreme care needs to be taken so that either fire is not caused by the oil igniting or the engineer receiving burns while trying to handle the hot bearing. Once the bearing is warm, the stator can be removed from the freezer and the warm oil bearing should slip fairly easily onto the shaft. The oil can then be wiped off the bearing with a non-fluffy cloth and motor reassembly can begin. Hope that was useful. Um, stay, subscribe, uh, come back for more tips. This is Craig um, saying goodbye.